0: of America, Washington, D.C., signing on.
1: And we are live, it is Thursday four. August 2022, and it's damn good to be with you in here in the virtual Green Dragon Tavern, the militant violent extremist Green Dragon Tavern, and it is very good to have all of you coming in here, my fellow extremists coming in. I'm going to make sure we get that right out there in front, that way all the Google sensors out there can go on and tag this video for being taken down, but it is very, very good to be with you once more on this Thursday for yet another live podcast as I am awaiting my esteemed, esteemed deplorable co-hosts to get in here. Mr. JC Dodge is not going to be in here tonight. Talked to him earlier today. They are all down with the coof. He is doing fine. He's good to go. Uh, but you know, with kids and wife and everything else, um, you know, he's got to be taking care of them. So, you know, anyway, throw a few prayers his way and, uh, wish him uh, a speedy recovery as he no doubt is going to have because the dude is tough as bold boot leather. And, um, You know, But anyway, I talked to him. He's in good spirits, and he is going to be with us when we return, not next week, but the following week, because I've got RTO, Advanced RTO, and Signals Intelligence, a one-week-long course that is coming up, and I'm really, really excited about that, and we'll be talking about that uh, later on in the show. But of course, we have a a heck of a lot to talk about tonight. We've got a lot of things. a lot of uh, world events that have happened just in the past 48 hours that, you know, we're going to be getting them hot takes on and, uh, waiting on Johnny paratrooper to get in here. He is in the chats. Where are you at, brother? Are you? Yes. Ah. There you are. Do, do I have him? It,
0: can you, can you read me? Come in over.
1: I can, I can I didn't see you. You weren't weren't Ah. up in the, in the co-hosts, but uh, I'm it, is, it is back good on to the sauce. Think. How but you doing, buddy? On, he's drinking again. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I had my trip to the beach. I was looking, I was looking delicious, I think, and <laughs> and uh, and then now I'm back on the sauce though. the The, the be- oh, going to the beach, woke up the the uh, the dragon again. Not the red dragon. We'll get to that later.
1: Oh, Ooh. the dragon, the red dragon, oh, the red dragon. I saw a video of the red dragon uh, playing bumper cars that you sent earlier. And, uh, <laughs> mm, man, hurt yeah, uh it hurt my feelings. Yeah, it's hurt. my feelings. It'll Bumper up. cars. Speaking of bumper cars, where's madman actual? You know,
0: he's putting in those hours, man. He might be, he just might be sleeping on the couch with his phone in his hand, like probably still dressed in his work clothes. I don't know. He's pretty good about hopping in the shower as soon as he gets back from work. (laughs) But you never know, man. I've been there. It it happens to the best of us.
1: It happens. It happens to the best of us, man. It happens to the best of us. Patriot Man is going to be a little bit late in here. He is uh, doing some ruck training. Um, he has a little group of friends uh, in Elgop that uh, for, for the the leg world out there and the civilian world out there. Elgop means little group of paratroopers, right? Um, but he, he's got a little group together that he rucks with and, uh, that's, that's become his thing is rucking, uh, for fitness. I think that's awesome. And, uh, so he is out there doing that right now. Uh, get up with him. He's going to be a little bit late, uh, but we'll be coming in. So, uh, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna be having a heck of a good show. Uh, man, what, what a very interesting, 48, 72 hours. Um, I had originally a, uh, couple of intelligence briefs, uh, cables that I had put together and had an epic computer meltdown today and, <laughs> uh, lost much of that content along with the podcast that I recorded last night that was going to go up early this morning. Uh, lost all of that, which really, Wait, really you, sucks.
0: You had a computer go down. Mm-hmm. That's interesting.
1: Well, not really. Um, okay, not really. Did you it, leave it, it in a
0: car was... and it got towed?
1: Nah, it's just old. It's just it's 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 what okay. I get for using old equipment. I mean, it gotcha. It is what gotcha. it is. Yeah, things happen, man. Uh, things happen, but uh, for all of you out there that have been following the intelligence cables have been coming out on Tuesdays and Thursdays. You'll notice that I did not have one that went out today, and that is why. Uh, so for everybody who is a subscriber at the $1 level over on uh, Podbean's patron program over on our Patreon page for Radio Contra, you can get those. You can access those for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, so You know, nothing too complex, but breaking down things uh, that are going on in the world that are coming from open source intelligence that are not covered in the mainstream news. So these are things that you really need to be watching on the horizon. Uh, So, you know, we're coming off of the Nancy Pelosi visit to Taipei and... This is, uh, this, this has been a very, very interesting, uh, series of events. And, uh, as I broke down with Joe Dolio and, um, you know, we, we were literally on the air doing a podcast while it was happening as it was happening. So everything was kind of unfolding and, um, you know, I'll be the first to admit I got a couple of things wrong about that. I was certain 100% certain that they were going to make a move. They, meaning the the People's Republic of China, um, the People's Liberation Army specifically, was going to make a move on Kinmen Island. And they did not do that. Um, they did not do that. And I would have literally bet the farm on them doing that. And they did not, for whatever reason. Um, so I think uh, th- there's, there's a lot to break down here. There's a lot of fascinating stuff with this. You know, Johnny, I kind of want to, I want to bounce your take on, on this and kind of juxtapose it to a lot of other things because, you know, we're getting, we're getting a bunch of the, you know, the neocon attaboys pat each other on the back. Look, we said China wasn't going to do anything. I think that is, that is probably every bit as stupid as saying, you know, oh, Russia would never invade Ukraine. And, you know, we see it didn't age well. Um, it it is just we're we're seeing that we're seeing you know all on the liberal side uh the mainstream democrats if there even is such a thing anymore saying oh look this this is such great strength coming out of the the speaker of the house the speaker of the house is not in a position to be doing anything like this uh shouldn't be at least especially the considering the fact that she's coming from the party of very deep corruption and now explicit ties to the the people's republic of china and the chinese communist party you know we, we see this for what it is it's explicit the hunter biden thing is out there it, you you are not putting that genie back in the bottle uh, no matter what you try and do so you know all all of these things are, are kind of coming together so and then of course the, there's the the tinfoil hat types that are out there that are you know they're screaming at the sky and Nessera Gessera and whatever other straws they're grasping at this week. Um, You know, Q and Q told us this and look to the sky or the horizon or whatever the hell it is. They're saying, right? So, you know, it, it, I don't think it's a false flag for sure. I mean, I don't, I don't know what that would even be uh, that predicates some sort of action and and reaction in a dramatic fashion. But I think that this is definitely opened, the door to more serious consequences. If we see, uh, the culmination of factors that are happening in the Pacific right now, this military exercise is looking a whole hell of a lot of, a lot of like a blockade to me. Um, and you know, I'm no Naval expert. Uh, I'm not a sailor, but I, you know, (laughs) I'm just a soldier, but, uh, I know what an encirclement looks like. And uh, man, this is this. This looks like this is this could be unfolding in a rather dramatic fashion and in a uh, very interesting way. So, Johnny, break down for me your interpretation, what you see happening here, um, maybe what what at least in your worldview, what the next step is going to be in all this.
0: Yeah, you know, I uh, curiously. Um I'm holding a 14 millimeter socket made in Taiwan in my hand and a lot of Isn't it boils a down to a a lot it probably it doesn't say craftsman or husky or anything like that it's on it probably a grasp uh, probably is um and that's kind of what a lot of this boils down to is uh whether or not stuff says made in taiwan or made in china on it However, um, there are there is there is the history, you know. I, I see Chiang Kai shek and, and the KMT as more of a George Washington type of a movement for China rather than than any than anything else. I I, I think it I think if Shanghai shek had had ended up in charge of mainland China, things would have would have gone differently. And the and the and the party the KMT party. Um that is however obviously not what happened and now we have a state that's rather large who wants to take the rain the, the 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 controls away from the ghost of the soviet union in terms of worldwide communism and i think that china should fuck off because we do several hundred billion dollars worth of trade a year with them. And they actually should have showed up to Taiwan and kissed the ring. And if they if they're not willing to admit that, then they you know that because that's what they should do, because we transfer so much wealth to them for them to insult us. I, I think we should just keep making fun of them. I think Nancy Pelosi, one of the least liked politicians in the world, who, especially America who is now, I mean, I'm impressed to be honest. Like I wish I could put that on my resume. First U S delegate to visit Taipei and Taiwan in 25 years. Like, you know, like that's, that's a big deal. That's a, that's I mean, a big, deal. that's disagree. a
1: big deal.
0: That's a big deal. I like, I, you know, I make fun of Nancy Pelosi a lot. You should hear the stuff I say behind closed doors, but you know what though? Add a girl, good, good work. I, I more of this please because you know to take more pictures with the taipei government and you know hang out v- visit i think nancy pelosi should v- like visit a military national guard training exercise and check out some you know tractors and amphibious vehicles that were made in america and just smile and you know some good-looking soldiers are hanging out and doing some exercises, driving their fucking vehicles around the beach and doing donuts or something. They they should definitely do all that. All of it. I'm serious. They should. They used to do stuff like that back in the day. They used to. Yeah. They yeah. used to. Yeah.
1: I don't know, man. Chinese mean business, though. They, they're playing a long game. I mean, I, I hear you. I, I don't... To be queer, I mean... When it comes to Pelosi and, you know, I could, I could honestly, I could give a shit less either way. I mean, cool. Good for her. Um, you know, it, it but I do think that this one, it's too little, too late. And two, it, the, the timing of this is real, real interesting because, you know, all the revelations are coming out about Hunter Biden's laptop, Hunter Biden's level of corruption. Um, the, the fact that he's he's literally owned by the Chinese Communist Party. I mean, he is deeply, deeply, deeply corrupted by them, compromised by them. I mean, there's, there's no way that he's not. And so, you know, and, and everything else that we know, you know, oh, send some up for the big guy. Well, who the hell's the big guy? Well, the big guy that got hidden away saying he's got COVID over and over again, right? It's just, I don't know, man. It, it you know... It seems like to me right now this is kind of an end run deal that they're saying hey you know any move that we make is a good move but but what I'm wondering about is what is the long-term strategy here because I haven't seen long-term strategy come out of DC yet. Um, you know we have complete failures in South America we have complete failure in Europe right now and this is this is the best that they can muster um, and and the Speaker of the House, who is you know old and decrepit floating in a sea of vodka she's barely coherent herself and this is the best that this is the best face forward that america can put right now i don't know man what are your thoughts well you know pelosi's not the only one like there's
0: been marines training in taipei and sf training at least that's what i've heard training in taiwan and and uh, the oh, Navy's yeah. been been over there. Oh, yeah. So like Nancy Pelosi is really kind of just like getting it in the mainstream in some respects. You and I have known, you and I, our listeners, yeah. our readers, we've known that this is an issue. We know they're stealing our technology. We give yeah. them several billion dollars in several hundred billion dollars in trade a year. Like, And this is like, You know, uh, China is creating billionaires and millionaires every week, and America is playing the lottery because we've given up a lot of, and I'm not trying to use some uh, extremist language that might trigger the FBI computers, but, you know, there is a a birthright. We have a birthright to the technology that we've invented and that we've invested in as a country and as a population and as a culture and as a you know a capitalist consumer uh motto that's why that's how we do business with other people um that's kind of been our our diplomatic approach for a long time for a long time is you know let's do business as friends and uh and because america didn't have the same Troubles that Europe had the blood trouble, the blood feuds, the history, all this stuff. We we could go around the world and be like, look, we never were an empire. Let's do business. Like, we kind of bought, you know, England's empire. And I guess that's why China hates us a little bit. But man I mean you know fuck. we could talk about this for two hours dude I could keep going what what direction do you want
1: to take the conversation man because really it's uh, it's deep dude it's so deep it is it is and and one of the things that that I wanted to point out to a huge kudos to you is that you were the first person in the alternative media that I am aware of and you can go back you know, two years ago, I mean, we, we've been doing the Sons of Liberty live share for two years now. This is freaking crazy. But you were the first person in one of the very early episodes that actually was talking about the danger of Confucius societies. Uh, that as an organization that was on the university campuses. And I mean, you were you were talking about it. You wrote posts about it. I you lived it, buddy.
0: It no, no, no. You know, I what? lived it. I
1: lived you did. it. Yeah, I lived it. I was actively in that pool. Actively. And you you were the first person to bring that up. And you know, two years removed, now, now, only now is that becoming commonplace in the parlance out there. That people are actually talking about this and maybe they're questioning, like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What what have we done here? All right? So, you know, we've we've got actual declared chinese assets everywhere that are stealing our research that are uh stealing intellectual property wholesale and we're not doing anything about it and now you know it, it it's one thing to say that you know okay they have a heavy investment in the entertainment industry and whatnot okay well i mean that is dangerous on one hand but on the other you can also just you you can kind of tune hollywood out which a lot of people have you know they, well they've had- and run
0: and not, not only can you tune hollywood out but not everybody on planet earth gets hollywood china's building fiber optic cables and cell towers all over the world yeah. and they're not yep. people are not necessarily being exposed to like you know radio free south america or radio free africa anymore like they're tuning into whatever their cell phone's telling them and that's a if that's a zte uh huawei or um, um I, what's the third one? There's the big three: the Umbo, uh, Umberti. I can't remember.
1: That's that's the one in uh, Western China. That's the one. The uh, not Thorea That that's another one. That's not Chinese. Um, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember the. I remember
0: two of the big three right now. It's right. Huawei, ZTE, and 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 one other. Somebody help me over here. Comment section, please, the, brothers.
1: And, and that's why we really need Madman in here tonight. I mean, you need to you need to like take a cattle prod over to his place, be like, "Get up, fool!" Because I mean, he the the last episode that I did with him, where we had him on, and uh, we it was just he and I, and and you know we were talking about that. I mean, he went into incredible depth of exactly what they're doing with that information and how yeah they're they're processing it and. You know man i mean because that's his wheelhouse that's what he did you know working for the nsa being a signals intelligence analyst and collector on the ground that's what he did you know so he he he's a subject matter expert and i haven't seen anybody else in the alternative media that's even come close to that analysis of what he broke down specifically and um you know you mean like like
0: keeping up to date like the chinese might be keeping up to date on anything above like you know, uh, fucking brigade level, maybe in the military, kind of a right. big deal. And I'm, I'm not sure what like the Naval or air force or Marine Corps version of that would be, but like basically anything above like, you know, E eight or O five is
1: under heavy,
0: heavy surveillance. Um,
1: oh yeah. 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 It's well, and I was telling another friend about this, uh, the other night and we, um, we were out at a uh we were out at a training exercise and I'll leave it at that. If Mechmedic was in here, Mechmedic's out actually at a uh training exercise as well, uh currently. And um but if he were in here he would he would know what I was talking about. Uh but <laughs> anyway, uh, some of the some of the other things that we do from time to time, um uh, supporting people in training and we'll just right. leave it at um supporting a mobbing special... rage if you will yeah, yeah supporting supporting the training of special operations uh, troops yeah um and i said that with a big grin but <laughs> so uh you know anyhow which which is going to be the second part of the show that we're going to get into of some of the hilarity and shenanigans that are going on with with one hand and and just the second and third order effects out of that but um So anyway, I was talking about it with a friend and, um, we, uh, we, we were after the exercise, you know, we've having, having a heck of a lot of fun, uh, group of us always go out to eat after that, you know, so we're all, you know, coming out of the woods, all cammied up and, you know, got, got, uh, blank powder residue from shooting 240s and AKs and everything with blanks, you know, and we've got this stuff all over us. And, uh, you know, we, we always end up at a Waffle House, uh, one of the local Waffle Houses. And, you know, we're sitting there and we're, we're talking about it and we're having that very discussion about just, uh, you know, mid-level leadership getting compromised and why that is the primary target. And so, you know, we've got... In this group, we've got, you know, retired special operators and, um, you know, guys that have a, a heck of a lot of experience in, in all of these things that are that are supporting these exercises. Right. And, um, you know, we're, we're talking about that and exactly who is getting targeted. And, it, and it's exactly what you pointed out. It's always the mid-level management. It's it's the the captains, the majors maybe that Lieutenant Colonel that he knows he's at the end, like he might've screwed up something, or he feels slighted by somebody, or whatever that motivator is, that's who they're going after. And if, you know, with with what Madman brought to the table, he was talking about exactly what they're doing with that cell phone data, if they're able to collect all that and understand patterns of life, and this is just the military, by the way, be prepared in the the comments to saying, um, you know, the business manager, because they're targeting industry as well. They're actually targeting that, uh, heavier than they are the military, but looking at it just from the military side of the house, if, you know, I want to map out the organization, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take out the leader, right? Because the hierarchy of that organization, the bureaucracy that's underneath them, it's like a pyramid and that organization is going to continue to function. You know, if we change the president tomorrow, right? And and there's no better example of this than Joe Biden, right? If if we change the president tomorrow, if he just all of a sudden is like, you know, I'm not the president anymore, it wouldn't really matter in the big scheme of things. And and that's a I know that's kind of a touchy subject for some folks. That's true. It wouldn't. It really wouldn't because he is the administer of the bureau- bureaucratic state, right? And so yep. that was why they hated Trump as much as they did because. He didn't look at it like that. Yeah, you looked at it like what's no, written I'm down. Yeah, you. right. And so, and I'm the point is, is not to like bring up anything about Trump or Biden or whatever. It's it's that it's the mid level leadership. It's the middle stones of that pyramid that you're looking for, right? If you want to topple the structure, that's what you look for because the base that's that's too big, that's too broad, and they're mostly unimportant. The low-level guys are mostly unimportant. But those mid-level leaders, they're the ones that have enough access to sensitive information, and yet they're not going to cripple the entire, because they're compartmentalized, they're not going to cripple the entire organization immediately, right? And if they're replaced, if those mid-level leaders get replaced or compromised in any way, man, they're in a lot of trouble, right? That organization is in a lot of trouble. Look at the FBI, right the the fbi is is severely compromised at this point for a lot of reasons right for a heck of a lot of reasons and so that's why this threat is is so big man you know second and third order effects out of all this um what do you think man in in terms of long-term aspirations of the chinese long-term ramifications of the chinese Here on American soul.
0: I think. That. The next step would be. Similar to any other. uh, Conflict that could come down to economic. I think. I think the next thing would be like. Sanctions or boycotts. You know. Or maybe a bit of both. But America is addicted to Walmart. And buying cheap whatchamacallits and charging it on their credit card. And those cheap whatchamacallits, they came, yep. from, uh, they came from China. And, you know, it's just that simple. Or somewhere else. And you're not going to see, like, Vietnam or Malaysia or India. I don't think, you know, like, India is going to come out as, like, our best friend. They might, though. I mean, India might surprise us. I don't know. India and China have a population problem. That's really their only problem. Both cultures are cool and unique and interesting in their own right. but They don't the, like
1: one another though.
0: Politics and population are both of their problems. They also yeah. don't like one another. And if we were smart, we'd play that game. We'd we definitely play that card. Um, oh, 100%, man. Yeah, and we are for sure. I, I don't think our government's dumb enough. I mean, you know, Nancy Pelosi's, been,
2: <laughs>
0: Nancy Pelosi's been drinking vodka all day, but I don't think our government's dumb enough to not know that India and China are not good
1: friends right you know you would think i mean india india is certainly not india is certainly not 100% on board with the united states i mean you got to remember that they're part of brics and uh, brazil russia china india south africa right which brics is highly problematic uh, for a lot of reasons, South Africa is extremely volatile, uh, continuing to be so and and getting worse by the day. Um, India and China are never going to get along. China is actively subverting India. I mean this is and, and what I'm trying to do is break down for you. Um the for the audience out there is, is kind of this this the problem with this BRICS hegemony here that they're they're trying to create. It's going to be a challenge uh that their aim is a, a challenge to the hegemony of the US dollar as, as a world reserve currency. Um you know, Russia and India have pretty strong relations with one another for a lot of reasons. Um China and India obviously do not. China is trying to actively subvert Indian aims in Kashmir, which is uh, highly interesting. Uh, that is a highly interesting place. There are some OSINT feeds uh, that are out there that are coming out of um, Kashmir right now. And one of them I ran earlier today over on American Partisan with uh, the, the use of Bitcoin what, what they were calling Bitcoin. I think there might have been something lost in translation because they, any cryptocurrency would do this. Bitcoin's not really a good option for um, money laundering in, in the, the sense that intelligence agencies do it. Um, but you've got China and Pakistan, which have very strong ties with one another. Uh, they're sharing weapons, they're sharing information. China is overseeing their nuclear power improvement program um it it. but then you've got a problem too because uh pakistan is very much several different countries made into one kind of right and i say kind of because it's in a constant state of flux and right now the taliban is very much on the rise in pakistan concur i concur and,
0: with everything you're saying right now
1: yeah it, and, and China, it's like an appalachia
0: stand but in the fucking himalayas or whatever
1: it is yeah, yeah, in, in in the Hindu Kush, literally. Yeah, it's and, the Hindu and...
0: Kush Appalachia stand. Yep, yeah, Pakistan. Serious, and the ISI doesn't fuck around. Those dudes are pretty yeah. good. You know, maybe if some of our intelligence agencies were as bold as the ISI and had some fucking balls every now and then, maybe hired some like macho dudes to actually punch somebody in the <laughs> teeth. Like, maybe people would take our fucking IS our CIA and seriously. Like, yeah. you can punch people in the face. You know like they, fuck they, dude
1: they just they just killed zahiri with the slap chop right the slap chop got him that's what that that's what that that friggin rod from god is hey
0: true chop. story one time <laughs> i was in a room uh and there were a couple there were like a couple pakistanis there and like an, a a chick that was on apparently my team i got we got our asses kicked dude like annihilated <laughs> Like And that was at a uh a college. And and that's that's the details I'm gonna give. And only the details <laughs> I'll give.
1: HP eleven in the comments, he gets it. He said Shamwell Vince, that's right. That's right. The slab chop, you slap, 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 slap your troubles away, right? With his Brittany Mike. You know, fun fact about Vince, he bit a hooker on the face. It's a fact. You should look it up. He totally went to jail for biting a hooker on the face and that's that's pretty baller that's cr- in my book, that's crazy you know? dude. Like, it's kind of it's kind of disgusting also because you don't know what she might have you know and you're gonna bite her Ooh. um but you know i mean still sometimes sometimes you gotta do it you know sometimes you gotta feed the need literally uh but anyway is zahiri so we've got zahiri and uh <sighs> I don't know, man. Back in 2020, they were reporting that Zahiri had died of natural causes, and now they say they kill him. Like now that he, everybody's forgotten about him. Everybody's forgotten about Al Qaeda. Everybody, you know, that, that's aware of anything is like, oh, that's still a thing, you know. And oh, our over the horizon, quote unquote, uh, capability. So we zap this guy right with the slap chop. And uh, I call it Slap Chop because if you haven't seen the missile that is quote unquote uh CIA operated, CIA which act, I'm really uh fascinated by this too because with the CIA is not an armed force. Um I posted this like two years ago. Hey, your your volume is low, bro. Oh, like shit. Hold on. Okay. Oh, you're out of range. But to, uh, call it slap chop because you look at this missile in it, and there's no, uh, there's, there's no main charge in it. It's just blades, which is genius. Uh, Can you hear me, buddy? Still... Yeah, there you are. All right,
0: there you are. So, yeah, that the Hellfire X, right? Is that? What, yeah, that's what they call it, right? Slap chop. Yeah, yeah, that thing's sick, dude yeah i posted a, i posted that uh, a couple years ago but people still need to be reminded about that because that thing is just like imagine if somebody had a, a a mothership drone and you could just like deploy a bunch of those that were the size of like a cell phone you could annihilate yeah. like battalions of soldiers dude Battalions yeah. like lawn darts like cell phone lawn yeah. darts that could just be like targeted at people man dude the the Thanks. all dude th- those things are crazy dude you don't it's even need brutal. all the the explosives or nothing. You just you just slap them with that thing. Yeah,
1: it's it's pretty brutal, man. It you know like we uh, we killed that Iranian general with it too, and um, it's it's pretty brutal. But I I got a hard time, very very hard time believing uh, with no SSE, right? No sensitive site exploitation, no photographs. No burial is sea even. No nothing. Right? We we don't have anything. Did you say um, no burial at sea?
0: No burial. I said it. But the TTP is to bury him at sea.
1: Okay. Yeah. I, I remember that. I remember that. I, I was in Afghanistan when that happened. Um and we were all kind of like, huh. Uh yeah, all right, if you say so. I mean, I don't know. I've been living in Muslim countries for a little while now. I ain't never heard of no burial at Um, sea. You know, I, I I have been living here and among the population. And I really I I just don't maybe in Indonesia where Obama was from, maybe because it's a, a archipelago. Maybe that's maybe but you mean Hawaii, Indonesia, because he was from yeah, Hawaii Indonesia. and Indonesia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah hawaii hawaii and indonesia yeah right um sure you know but i i don't know man we, we don't have we don't have photographs we don't have i don't know i mean i'm just saying it it's it's a little suspect to me that's all that's all um and a guy that was reported dead two years ago and nobody refuted that by the way Nobody refuted that he was dead. They was like, "Oh yeah, he died. He died of kidney failure or whatever it was." Um, I don't know, man. It, it's it seems awful convenient when when you got an administration that needs a win real bad. Everything else looks kind of ugly. Um, this is this is kind of the the last stop. Like you're you're historically unpopular. Question. You gotta bump them numbers up, man. Question. Question. do you think that
0: homeboy that got slap shotted with the slap up was maybe in talks with china to control some sort of infrastructure in a region and be the enforcer of and and we were like yo we just smoked your homeboy and we're coming to taiwan so fuck off you know man that that is a. I'm good, not saying I've been on the ground for something like that, but I'm just throwing ideas out
1: there. That is that is fascinating. That is a very fascinating. Um, that is a very fascinating angle, man. I have. I mean, maybe oh we man. put somebody with
0: some with some fucking, cojones. I and now that's I hope today, it. Hey
1: man, that's some Robert Ludlum shit right there. That is. Uh, because it yeah, happened dude, i mean like, it's been 25 it's been years books, dude
0: it's been 25 years maybe someone maybe it's been a generation of like not understanding the game and then some, suddenly somebody's like i know how to play the game watch this I don't know,
1: man there, there's some pipe hitters in the intelligence community i'm just gonna leave it at that there, there's for all the shit that, that we they don't
0: play, they don't hand out like a hellfire x to just anybody Like. Yeah. You got to work your way up through that kind of a thing. You know, like, I
2: mean,
1: I don't want to give them too much credit either. They there's, there's definitely some, some, uh, political, many, many, many political shit bags that are in there and a lot shit, a lot of shit baggery to be had, but, sure. um, there, there sure. is, there are some pipe hitters there too. I mean, there there are definitely, Um, There are definitely people that are in the higher end of the GS scale working in the intelligence community that that I know personally who are, you know, every bit as red, white, and blue as anybody listening to this podcast right now, you know, and and they, they realize the situation is, is bad and that, you you know, well, there's that, but also it's like, if I leave, if, if I don't at least try and, and hand the baton and foster guys underneath me that are, you know, ha- that have the same sentiment that I do, then I am a band. If I abandon the organization, then all of a sudden it's going to get that much worse. And I can't disagree with that. And and I had a, a, a conversation with a very good friend not that long ago about that very thing. And, um, you know, it, and that's what he was telling me, was you know if if I leave, it's going to get that much worse, and that's yeah, you know it, it is unfortunate. It, it, well, it, it is, man. It, it, you should never, you should never have to have that conversation um, to begin with. But still, it, it, my point is, is that um, there are good people still in those organizations. Yeah, I mean, like you, you get your John Brennans of the world who are just Dirt bags, man. Just a hey, guy's an absolute dart bag. And he is a product of the system. I mean, he he is. And he was groomed, you know, to to be where he is and have that stature. I mean, he kissed the ring and, and worked the bureaucracy and played the game, right? But for every every one of him, there's still guys like Gary Burnson, you know, and Gary Schroen, who are, you know, both retired. Strongly recommend reading their books. Um, Gary Schroen wrote first in and um, he led the CIA's effort into Afghanistan um, right after 9-11. He was the first team on the ground. And uh, Gary Shrone's book is excellent. I mean, it's excellent account of having to juggle, literally juggle chainsaws of dealing with this tribe and dealing with this group and get these resources and work with JSOC and, and like coordinating all these efforts like together it, it was this Herculean task that he uh, had to shoulder and then talking about, you know, losing Johnny Spahn and that whole situation. And I mean, it, it's crazy to think like, uh, you know, I was in high school when that was going on and um, but, you know, and it was so long ago now, but it's just wild. Cause it was like yesterday, you know, and um, but Gary Burnson's book, jawbreaker he goes deep into he he was the second team there who had a different a slightly different area of responsibility uh in coast and then going up into torah and he was actually tasked with hunting down bin laden proper and so it was his book was really fascinating because a lot of it got redacted and um he he wrote it in its entirety and he left in the redacted parts. They're just blacked out. And he's like, look, you know, the agency didn't want me talking about this. But I'm going to leave it in there because, um, you know, it, it's just black lines. But just to show you how much of this book that they cut out. You know, so th- there's still there's still good dudes in there. There's, there's still good guys in the organization. And I know, like, like we can point fingers and we can uh, exercise our frustration as we should, you know, as certainly as we should. But there, there are yeah. there are still some guys that 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 aren't you know they're not political animals. there. they're there to do business. The, and, uh, you know, not. Oh, I'm sorry, not to interrupt. Finish your thought. No, before. no, no. Go ahead. The freedom of
0: speech and the right to bear arms. You know, a lot of that stuff applies to those who, a uh, long while ago in our lineage and history and culture, were actually in the government and you know they knew the government was trying to take away their freedom of speech and take away their right to bear arms you know it it, right it like it starts at the beginning you know like when the government gets out of control the government's the first to notice obviously like they're the ones that are fucking in the room you know and and it it spreads from there and and uh you know like the kmt and the ccp you know that's a good example. You know, drawn yep. from earlier in the episode. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. It, it. You know, they they were running the same government against the Japanese. That was the goal. Um, not to criticize the Japanese. I mean, you know, they weren't paying their bills on the industry in northern yeah. China on the coast. Like you were getting they robbed.
1: Off. I feel you. They, they were they getting robbed. Off. Like they Japan no got fault, robbed. Man.
0: Japan got robbed, and then they went in to take what they had invested in in China, and they, you know, China wasn't paying their bills because they were having a little warlord era going on. But yeah, so anyway, um, fuck, fascinating history, man, fascinating stuff. We've gotten a lot of work done for forty-four minutes,
1: forty-five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) We have, dude. We have. We haven't even scratched the surface on some of the stuff. No, we haven't. In One of the things that I want to recap, so the episode that I recorded last night, I was breaking down the midterms. Uh, Specifically, you know, we had... Great uh,
0: transition. Great transition.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, we we had uh, the primaries. And so, uh, real quick, I want to talk about something. I don't want to dive too deep into this tangent, but I do want to point something out because it's it's very necessary. and, you know, we all know these people, right? We see them on the internet, right? Some corners of the internet, whatever. Then, uh, you know, in our day-to-day lives, they throw their hands up and we say, ah, oh, voting never, they anything. Well, i want to turn your attention to the left because the left has actively followed a resistance model, building a pyramid, right, over time. And I've talked about the resistance pyramid quite a bit in the past. And when you you look at their their pattern over time and what they've done, they didn't take over the Democrat Party overnight. Right. There were were there, you know, leftist sympathizers? Sure. But I mean, it was a different animal. Right. It was a different. They weren't communists. They were literally standing up for organized labor. Right. They were standing up for the guys that were on Main Street. They were standing up here in the South. You had the Democrats, the traditional, uh, what we call Dixiecrats, that were standing up for farmers' interests, right? And all of a sudden, that changed, right? That changed at some point. And it wasn't a immediate change. It was a gradual change. And so, you know, the last of the quote unquote, like the, the blue dog Democrats is what the term became known as the last of those populist Democrats we see in guys like Joe Manchin. And they're very, very rare, right? They're very rare because that used to be commonplace. You know, that used to be the standard. Joe Manchin was the standard for the Democrat party to... Uh, really, uh, I I would say, uh, two Senate electoral cycles ago. So that was uh, 12 years. That was kind of the standard. Yeah, they had their far left, right, that was getting shuffled in. But how did that happen? Because the far left was paying very close and careful attention to what was happening at the local most level, right? While the right did not, okay? Conservatives did not. And so we focus on national level politics and when, you know, our guy didn't win or our guy, you know, wasn't the guy we wanted. I would love to have Ron Paul as the president. I think that would be amazing and it would be wonderful for the country for a lot of reasons. It's not going to happen, though. Okay, it's not going to happen. He wins yeah. he because he's bringing a certain argument into the forefront. He knows that he's he Ron Paul knows that he doesn't have when, when he was running, he knew he didn't have a shot, a real shot at the presidency, but he could interject ideas into the populace and make them mainstream. And it was incremental. And so then you have Rand Paul coming along. Right. And look how many politicians behind him that he has inspired. And it was the same with Donald Trump. Okay, so all the people that bitched and moaned and whined about you know Donald Trump, we ran a couple of pieces. I ran uh, one piece that came over from American Thinker, it was sent over to me, and uh, put that one up, and it came from a neocon, okay? A neocon wrote it. A guy who was a never-Trumper wrote that and said, hey, I, I changed my mind because this guy was the best option for the country. I didn't like him because this is where I came from, and I was wrong, Okay. And you would have thought that, you know, some of these people in the comments, like we, we fucking killed their kitten or something, man. Like they, oh, Trump, I hate having an orange man bad. Like, okay, look, listen, if you folks have that opinion, that's fine. You have your first amendment right to do that. That's, that's cool. Did you, Trump that, visit Taiwan?
0: Oh no, Nancy Pelosi did. Oh, yeah. oh hear,
1: <laughs> here's the thing. Here's, hear me out. A couple of things. First, first, all right. There has not been a politician in a very, very long time since Ronald Reagan. I would say since Ronald Reagan, who has done more to remake Americanism and nationalism, right? Nationalism. Nationalism is not a dirty word, okay? I'm, I'm sick and tired and completely fed up with the left controlling the narrative. Nationalism is not. A dirty word. Loving your country is not a bad thing. OK, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to love your country. It's not an a evil thing to put your country's interests before the rest of the world. Period. That's what every other country does. OK, that, that's what China's doing right now. That's what Taiwan's doing right now. That's what yes. Pakistan's doing right now. That's what India's doing right now. That's what Ukraine is doing right now. And so we're going to put our interests behind everybody else's but you and i have to foot the bill Bullshit. no way right no way and so here, here's the thing okay you don't have to like trump you don't even have to care about him one way or the other but one thing you can't deny is the energy that he gave to grassroots populist candidates the make america great again movement is something that is absolutely undeniable so you cannot like the guy you can i you can call them whatever you want, but I'm, I'm just hear me out. What we saw in those local elections, in those primaries, getting rid, we booted almost every single neocon out, and you cannot deny that. Show me the results. You can tell me anything you want. Show me the results. And those were the results. And so for all the naysayers out there, they can say, oh, well, they're, gonna, they're just going to go to Washington and turn on us too. Yeah, well, you know, maybe they will, maybe they won't. You don't know. But I do know that the people that absolutely are bad news are fucking gone. Okay? And so this is a step in the right direction. It's just like Tombstone. Get in the fight or get out of the way. Quit throwing your hands up and saying nothing can be done because if you're if you're the kind of person that says nothing can be done, you're always going to get your ass kicked. Go, You go do that on your own time. I'm a fighter. My dad didn't raise a loser, okay? He didn't raise a loser. And I get out there and I fight and I do everything that I can. And I'm going to be the damn – I'm going to fight them to my last breath. And I am going to in, – in every single way. My job is to train – inform and along the way hopefully entertain because i have a hell of a lot of fun doing it too right and i love doing what i do but if i can support grassroots candidates out there then i'm gonna do that if i can motivate this voter base to do that then i'm gonna do that too because you have to do that you know in golf 21 in the comments damn straight hell yeah brother because even out on the left coast even out on the left coast what what are we seeing we're seeing Make America Great Again candidates winning at the local level. At the local most level. There is no such thing as an irrelevant election, folks. No such thing. Uh, So anyway, Johnny. Pass the ball to you. Are you there? Yes, sir. (laughs) Going to get your thoughts.
0: I stepped away for a moment. Man. You know, I, there's just so much that's happened in the last. This summer actually has been big. I'd say the, I'd say 2022 has been as big as 2020, COVID itself. You know, like COVID actual. Um, 2022 is is shaping up to be quite the year, and uh, I think, I really think we're going to start to see a lot of diplomatic games coming about, and uh, maybe maybe even some boycotts and some sanctions on, on old China, because we're kind of daring them. And at this point in time, right now in China, just to give everybody an idea of what's going on, there's two types of people. There's the uh, doves and the hawks. And the doves and the hawks are sitting there, and some doves and, haw- and some hawks are millionaires, and some doves and some hawks are billionaires. And then some of them are are uh, your average your average uh good old CCP member, and they're, they're kind of sitting down right now and they're thinking to themselves, like, "Man, you know, c- war has not really been our game. Like they are preparing for war, obviously, uh, but the the peaceful um, path is the more productive and and profitable. And that's kind of been their modus operandi for since the 80s, since the late 80s. And they have done some excursions into into some conflict here and there, obviously South Africa, um, really you can find Chinese, uh, they're everywhere, really. I mean, you can't discount them, that's for sure and uh and they have been for a long time and they'd like to restore themselves to uh to some glory and kind of uh shake off these uh shackles from a century of humiliation man it's anybody's game dude it's anybody's game i have no idea fuck i wish i could fill more time on that man (laughs) i really wish i could dude i wish i could um yeah you know i i've i've bought some stuff lately uh you know in the last 10 years that was made in china or made with components from china and it was actually a pretty good product um so they definitely are you know a, a competent contender certainly they're you know on the world stage and oh yeah um I, you know i don't know if china attends like the g7 or anything but they're supposed yeah, they to right they do, they do. okay yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I study. I am a. I, I try to be a jack of all trades. I don't. I don't know oh, everything. But um, of course. So, is it ten o'clock yet? We're
1: coming up on it.
2: We're four. All right. Of- well,
0: you know what? Ugh, we're just gonna
1: <laughs> just keep drinking. We're just, just keep gonna drinking. keep going. Just keep drinking.
0: So. the food situation you've been posting some stuff on that i know that you and i both maryland being a uh, farming community with some major metropolitan areas some of them quite significant and then of course we have virginia and pennsylvania and new york and the carolinas and stuff quite nearby and we got a lot of water because we do and shit just grows out here it's pretty cheap to grow it and we got good soil and uh, it's pretty, pretty nice. It's the land of pleasant living, as we say in Maryland. And China doesn't have much of that. So, Scout, I have not been keeping up to date on the food situation and the fertilizer situation. And you were saying that diesel exhaust fluid might be hard to find.
1: Yeah. Def, we, well, we, we've got a shortage of DEF currently still um and one of the big things though i think that the needs to be watched and and this is long term okay this is long term is the food production yeah oh. well the, the the food processing industry itself like the not the actual production because production is going to be down sure and and that's a short-term we we can always recover from that i mean we I, overeat I'm not we'll be
0: fine we overeat yeah. and we throw away you know, lots of food lots of calories we throw away right. lots of calories
1: i'm not a, i'm not a doomer in that regard i mean we're you right. know we're even globally like we're, we're gonna survive um the the reduced crops that we have there, there's a lot of hyperbole that's being thrown about out there the one thing that we're not in, here in America specifically, right, in the United States, one thing that we are not going to survive, okay, when it comes to food prices and, you know, the law of unintended consequences is the fact that China owns our two largest food processing industries, okay? And when I say industry, I mean that they have actual physical control they own, they have corporate ownership of these food processing companies themselves. Wow, that
0: means like, that That means like corporate security and everything. Like that could exactly. Be, that can mean and a so lot of
1: things. If they want to shut that down, right, one of which is, is here in North Carolina. It's one of our biggest industries in North Carolina, it's Smithfield Foods, right? <clears <clears if <throat> you arms. like bacon, yeah, if you like bacon, guess what?
0: And Smithfield feeding says,
1: bacon. There ain't gonna be any more bacon, they ain't gonna be no more bacon, period. Right. If right. they say that the uh that the price of pork's gonna go through the roof, then it's going through the roof. Right? It's the same with beef. All right. Um, you know, I think uh I, I've mentioned, you know, the the uh cattle dying out in Kansas and, and what have you. I don't think that those are um i don't think that those are accidents as some other pundits out there have pointed out maybe it is right maybe it is i think that there's certainly blips on the radar um but that could it comes be to... lack
0: of people to manage and properly maintain a larger hard herd. because some be. some some farmers feed to their own stock um i i've, right. I've known i've known people i've known people they have since passed and they passed on their legacy to their their uh their um family uh but you know they owned like 20,000 acres and they that went to feed and then th- they would make profit off of the meat more than they could the the veg right um so i think uh you know,
1: Right, big. big Do they own
0: both sides of it? Like, what what exactly yeah. are they running?
1: They they're running the the whole industry itself. So, when you you get into animal production, right? So, protein production, uh, running agribusiness for uh, animal production, meat production, uh, and even dairy production. A lot of the dairies here that I know that are, are local in in uh, my part of North Carolina, they've all shut down um now there were a lot of factors that went into that um some of it is is corporate stuff just came in and bought them out but here's the thing is that a lot of your like the 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 fantasy of the local farmer is exactly that like all right so when you go down to the farmer's market which first of all let, let me say like we can point out the problem all day here's the solution bottom line up front I don't care if you personally don't want to go and, and hang out at a farmer's market because maybe you know you like you might see some Bernie Sanders stickers or something down there. All right, whatever, man. Look, these guys are are farming organic meat, organic vegetables. Like th- these are people that live in your community. Okay, and, and you need to be fostering that. Like we can, you can get over political disagreement, right? We we can get over that when there is such a thing as a superordinate goal, right? And what is our superordinate goal? Meaning something that brings all of us together. What's our superordinate goal? The fact that we have a, a corporatocracy in the world, right? The World Economic Forum is a corporatocracy. Okay, that, that is exactly what it is. And it's it's telling us, hey, you know, like a segment of your population is useless eaters and we're going to kill you. That's what they're saying okay that's what klaus schwab is saying whether you want to admit that or not like that's what he's saying so point is right is that you need to, you need to be out there with your your local growers your local co-op right and and i get it man some of those people you, you're going to disagree with them whatever man they're going to disagree with you they might say things that you know you you don't like well man that's life right but they are they they have superior products that are locally grown that you can go and talk to the person that grew it. Okay? But when you're talking about corporate level agribusiness, a lot of your growers out there are contracted. And so like they they have a contract with Smithfield to raise hogs, right? Or they have a contract with Archer Daniels Midland to grow corn, right? A certain number amount of corn or soy or or whatever it is, right? So that's how that works, man. And um what what's going on now is they tell you like you're gonna grow X amount of this product and we're not gonna pay you for any more than that. Right. And so all right, whatever else that I have that's left over, I mean it's going to the slaughter and it's basically going to waste at the macro level. So in the comments, uh leticia jump in, in the comments oh, I'm section. Sorry. No, 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 you you're good, Go man. Ahead jumped in in the comment section and said that the the food that's going to waste and at especially at the macro level is a huge problem and it is uh it is and and that's another reason that supporting a local farmer that's doing it at at the micro level is a great thing like we can't all run a hog lot right but but the, the cool thing is is that what we're seeing now is a shift back towards that like people People are, are figuring out that, man, you, you know, you can raise five or six goats on an acre and, you know, you, you can't do that with a cow, but you can do that with a goat. You can get a flock of chickens, right? They're pretty low maintenance. Um, you know, you can raise ducks. You can raise animals smaller animals that have a, a low footprint I mean seriously if you go into uh, here in Rabbit. North Carolina you know rabbits pretty large rabbits pretty, are another one man yep you go into a, a, a you know some of the the urban areas that have large migrant communities which is pretty much everywhere in North Carolina right now you go into any of those man you're gonna see chickens right there they're raising chickens and what's interesting to see is that the the cities themselves are passing ordinances to say you can't do that and they're just ignoring it man and it's an awesome thing to see it's civil disobedience in the the most best way possible we're saying nah well i don't care what you say i'm going to raise my own food i'm going to be sustainable this is what we did where i came from this is how you survive man and this is how generations in the past did that when the italians and the irish came to america that's how they live, right? Yeah. When that, that's the reason. Like, if, if you, you go can to raise, live... so
0: you can raise livestock cleanly. You just have to be on top of them. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. disease spreads and stuff. Like, it but can... if if you if you stay on top of it and you're not living in a slum with your sleeping with your animals in the in the muck, you're you'll be all right. Like, and it is possible yeah. to to have them as uh, cool. meat pets, if you will. Like, right. If you're. Right.
1: Yeah, and it, I mean it, it. It boosts your immune system too. I mean, seriously, kids—kids kids that grow up on farms have crazy great immune systems. I mean, they do. It, it, it's a fact. Okay, um, people that, that are growing up. Like the reason, one of the reasons that we have so many of these different autoimmune disorders that are popping up now some people in the medical community are saying, you know, well, we're just better at identifying it and, and whatever. And all right, that might be true, man, on one hand, but on the other hand, like, we've got a lot of people who are living air conditioned lives. Like they, they live indoors exclusively. They're never outside getting that dirt time. They don't get exposed to stuff like they, they, you know, they, they live playing video games or whatever it is. And so It's not real life for them. And and physiologically, that's why we're changing man, And we're more susceptible. And when I say we, like culturally, Americans are more susceptible to disease and things and and the creation of new diseases that we're not genetically now predisposed to fighting off because we've been living like this. Whereas, you know, people that have come from other corners of the world where they don't have that, hey, man, you know, like they... This isn't a thing for them. Like they don't have to worry about peanut allergies or, you know, like you, you, you use the wrong toilet paper and now you got a rash, right? They, they don't have to worry about that stuff. Um, they got bigger things to worry about and, and it shows physiologically, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's a thing, you know, it's a thing. But, um, with that said, man, we've got Patriot man in here. Patriot man. Finally,
2: finally. Are you How's there? It going, brother? Yes, sir, I am. I had some I had some technical issues with my uh headphone jack that was solved by someone smarter than me. But uh yeah, no, sorry I'm late. I was actually out uh with my family doing bar trivia. We were doing quizzo. So uh we just got oh, done. i told him you were out rucking, because you were you were out rucking. I was out rucking yesterday, yeah, and I got a seven miler on uh Saturday morning. No, we were out. We we normally do it on Monday nights, and um uh this time we decided a different venue. So out of uh It was five of us out of 17 teams. We came in fourth. Um, The team next to us had 12 people, and we smoked the shit out of them, so I was happy about that. Um, But it was a good time, so I I came back, and then I was screaming and hollering because I couldn't get my fucking headphones to connect to this thing. And then I had to clean out. Well, I didn't, but they cleaned out the dirt in the headphone jack, and now I'm here. So glad to be with you boys.
1: Dude, it is, it is very, very good to hear your voice. I can't wait to hear your voice in person. You
0: sound much better.
1: Just over a week.
2: <clears throat> yeah. Well, actually, actually I, I'm actually – I had to call it audible on that, Scout, because uh, it doesn't look uh, like I'm going to be heading to Georgia now. Oh. Due to cost considerations. I started mapping out how much it cost, And <sighs> uh, Biden can get bent and go fuck himself because – yeah. It's it's it is not pretty the the money for me to go down to Georgia. Um, I ran the numbers today. Uh, I have a family vacation leading up to the time I was going to be in Georgia, and I, I don't know if if uh, our boy Kev is in here. Uh, I was going to go down with his class. Uh, yeah. It would it would have cost me anywhere from eight hundred and fifty to eleven hundred dollars. Woo! Between renting a car or flying or using my car which isn't good on gas as you know it's an 01 jeep grand cherokee laredo that has 211,000 miles on it um we had to the get thing. a hotel bro it's the ghost it it fucking it sucks guy. i was looking forward to it. it was going to be a great class uh von steuben mike von steuben you know Reds for ap was going to be teaching the course yeah um, man it was a private course for for some guys down in georgia I just saw Kev. I was out at, um, and Johnny, you'll appreciate this. I was out at Pocono, um, went, went up there to see him Fuck yeah! for the race. That was, that was fun, but yeah, I'm super, super disappointed, but I just started running the numbers and I was like, it, it just don't make sense. So, um, I will be back down obviously in October for the scout course and the recce course, whoever's going to be there. So instead I'm actually going to be heading cause I'm already going to be up in PA, um, a couple of weeks from now, I had a um, weekend scheduled with uh, J-Mac, Johnny Mac, who, if anyone is an yeah. old uh, AP guy, would know Johnny Mac. Uh, yeah, he, he's behind. He had, he had some issues up there, and he's behind on his wood shop. And so I'm bringing the uh, the still up there, the MS-230, and we're going to finish cutting his wood and splitting it for the weekend. So I figured I'm already an hour away from his house. And, and that would Speaking be of up. MS,
0: I don't mean to interrupt. But I put an MS-500i on order. Oh, yeah? Those who know, know. And I'm about to put a 3120 ooh, on order. Ooh, a Husqvarna 3120.
1: Those are, I, what size those are real bar? pretty. Yeah. Just, uh, what size bar are you putting
0: on I'm not bragging. Thing? I'm not trying to brag. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I am in the business 24. of doing business, and I need proper tools. And uh, mm-hmm. and I was noticing some slack in my game the other day. And I was like, you know what? I cut a lot of fucking wood. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, what bar Sorry. am I going to put on it? I'm thinking like yeah. 36 max.
1: Ooh, good Lord. I was going to be running a hip chain on that thing.
0: That's a big chain. They come with 25s, I think. I think the one 24. comes with uh Yeah, 24s? Okay.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. All right. Yeah, even yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, I, I'm gonna buy some spare Ooh. chains and some yep. other stuff. I that's, that's exactly what
2: I did. Spare yep. chains, oil, all that shit, yep. sharpener. Um, oh man! You know,
1: like I need to do, I need to do some posts on that because that's one of those things. Every once in a while, I'll get questions about running a chainsaw, and it's like for me, running a chainsaw is like using a hammer. It's just yep it's intuitive. Like I've been doing it since I was a little kid and it's, it's just like, you just run a chainsaw. Like it's, it's not, it doesn't, compute. it's not rocket science. Yeah. Yeah. It it doesn't compute to me that like people don't
2: know how to run a chainsaw. Like I've been, well, I will say is I don't
1: know.
2: The, uh, we, we had American Yeoman. If, if if y'all go into our archives, American Yeoman wrote a great series of articles as well about cutting wood. And one of the things I was going to do, um, this weekend was while I was up there, uh, we had a couple goals in mind besides splitting. We're going to uh, get my uh, Zy- uh, Zygu, uh G90 up and running. We're gonna, I, have a, I have a couple boxes of uh, CBs I want to test to see if they work. I bought them real cheap. But one of the things I want to do is actually perform a little bit of maintenance and sharpening on a mine. So I figure while we're doing that, we're going to get nice and sharp before we start cutting, um, kind of document exactly how to do that. So that's going to be an article that's going to be forthcoming as well.
1: Oh yeah, that's gonna be a good one. That's gonna be a good one because, yeah. yeah, everything. I mean, with me like chainsaw is an intuitive thing to use. I don't, I don't really know. Like I've got, yeah, I've got, I got some old school chainsaws too. Yep. Some of the old home lights. Uh, I got an old blue home light, and you got to be real old school to know that because growing up, all the home lights were orange, right? But before that, they were blue. And that was the the original home light chainsaw was the first um, solid bar chainsaw. So like back before then, the only chainsaws that were on the market were uh, McCullough, uh, RD Glide fourteen fifty says McCullough. McCullough had that big loop, right? They didn't actually have a bar on it; they had a loop that came out of the front, and um, it, it and it went around that, and it had bearings on it, and so it was. It, this stuff was fascinating, man. Like to see that history, but uh that old blue home light, man. Old school things like when when I was growing up, man. Automatic oiler. That's uh you know like Stills and Husqvarnas and Echoes and whatever. Like we're, we're spoiled with all that stuff now because back then, like every every cut that you made, you had to hit that oiler a couple times, you know, and it does it automatically now. So it, it's. It's crazy, man. Um, That's that's some of that old school. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Charles Watson knows what I'm talking about in the comments. Old home light with a manual manual oiler. Uh, The good old days. Yeah, boy. Uh, It's good stuff, man. That's good stuff right there. But, um, yeah, for me, running chainsaw is intuitive, man. I'm a a 311 still guy. Uh, Was an 044 guy until a drug addict who needed it apparently more than i did
2: hmm. uh,
1: broke into a secured building and took it along with some other steel power tools and um you know and and some other stuff mm-hmm. he got me pretty good man but really that that 44 that O forty four, 44 had sentimental value not because it was a beast the thing was unkillable it was an amazing chainsaw um I cut down, oh my God, dude. It, it seems like there was one winter where it was, um, there was a farm that was nearby mine that got clear cut. And we went in there and we just cut the treetops, right? So when they clear cut and they're going in and they're looking for, you know, poplar, for chip wood. And uh, oak, so you got white oak and red oak, and and you know you got all those big money trees in there, right? They cut the top side of them and they just leave them on the ground, and that's really good firewood, man. And so you can go in and, and um, cut all that that firewood up, and so that's what I was doing for money. And uh, when I was a teenager, so I'm going in, I'm cutting all this stuff up. And, you know, you get these huge old white oak trunks, man. Are you know they're giant. I'm cutting these things up, man and that 40, 044 still is just a beast. Dude, it was just, you know, going to town with it. And, uh, man, I, I loved that chainsaw. And ended up buying a, a, a Steel 311 to replace that one. A Steel 311 is a good chainsaw, really good chainsaw. It doesn't spin up as fast as the 044 did. There's, there's old... Um, Commercial grade saws that still put out, you know, 20 years ago were incredible. You know, the, the newer ones, they're good, man. They're good. I'm not knocking them. They're good. But they ain't what the old ones were back before CARB and, you know, the California stuff and emissions and all that. They, they were real good back in the day. Uh, so, you know, anyway, I could go on and on, man. I, for me, running a chainsaw is kind of cathartic. Like that's a like some people have their thing that they do. Some people play video games. Some people, you know, do whatever. Like I'll I'll go out and I'll literally run a chainsaw and just start cutting shit for the hell of it. You know, like it's just it's just like that's that's my stress. Oh, it's me. a hell. That's so a lot like, of fun. It is, dude. It's it's fuck, it's a fucking blast. You're just like I'm. I'm gonna fucking cut this tree down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't even need to cut fuck this tree yeah. down but fuck it. it's coming down it. too i didn't even need it dude I've got, yeah. I've got like 40 cords of wood stacked i'm
0: gonna
2: there, trim I'm the hedges
1: like, i don't <laughs> care I mean, you know, or, or you're I like care. i already i already gone. cut
2: this log to the length that i want but fuck it i'm cutting it again yeah it's, it's the middle of summer
1: it's freaking 97 degrees outside yeah i'm gonna get my paul bunyan on dude i don't give a fuck
2: <laughs> yes yeah, sir you
1: know, fucking hell yeah dude but now nah, I mean, chainsaw chainsaw stuff. It, that's something that uh, a lot of the the neo homesteaders and the new um, the 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 new folks who are coming out to the country, man. They're uh, they they're they're getting out into it, and they got a lot of questions, man. They got a lot of questions, and so you know, I, I love fielding those questions and, and trying to get them squared away, because the chainsaw hurts you pretty bad too. Um, you know, it, it's I've mm-hmm. seen some. We get in injuries and uh, I've almost got it myself, man. I've almost got it a, a few times. C- a couple times it'll kick and yeah. Wait, this, this wasn't even this, this one time. Um, this one time, this was a few years ago. Here, here's something to always remember. This is something my dad taught me. Never, ever, ever get over familiar with your equipment. Never get over familiar with your equipment. Never think you know oh i'm um, i'm i got this i know everything there is to know about this it's not going to hurt me cuz the time that you think that that's when you're going to get hurt and i did that man it was probably and that's probably 3 or 4 years ago now and normally normally when i'm running a chainsaw i run double front carhartt pants right some people they'll put on their chaps and everything and you know that's cool most of the time, that's that's a little much, I think. There's double front Carhartts. It, you, you're gonna be you're gonna be all right, right? For for most of the cutting that do around here, um, you know, you're gonna be doing okay. If I was doing like professional treat service work, yeah, I'd be wearing chaps and all that stuff. Yeah, Charles Watson, eye protection. Oh hell yeah, um, yeah, hundred percent, man. That's for everything. I, I'm always I wear eye protection for everything, man. Um, cause your eyes, one, one little thing gets in your eye, dude, and and that can, that can ruin you. I knew a girl growing up that, um it put her, she, she had a a tiny little pebble get into her eye while she was out with a weed eater, and it put her eye out. Like she, she lost sight in her eye, um, in her right eye. So it was, that, that was crazy. But, um, those, uh, double front car pants are thick, right? What did I do? It was the summertime. I had some pines that had come down from a storm, so these are uh, these are yellow pines. Cutting so them up like I got a lot butter. of yellow pine
0: like butter. Dude. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, the problem is, is that yellow pine are, are real brittle, and we had a storm come through and it, it knocked down some pines and everything. So I'm out there, I'm cutting them up because I like using pine. Once you season it really good, and and that's just leaving it. What I do when I'm seasoning wood, I put pallets down. Over top of gravel, and I stack it on there like cordwood, and just leave it for a year, for twelve months time with that pine, and it'll uh, it'll dry out. Mag's is saying uh, yellow pine is really wet compared to other species. Yeah, it is. Um, it is, and that, that's that's why you got to season that wood. You got to let it dry out. And uh, but anyway, I'm out there and I'm cutting it up. What am I wearing? I'm wearing a pair of Wranglers, right? I'm wearing a pair of leather tab. Um, you know, just not pro rodeos, but just like 20x jeans, right? Like more more for going to the club than working in. Cause whatever, man. I'm just I'm just out here bullshitting. I'm just, you know, cutting up some pine. Whatever. It's no big deal. What did I do? What did I do? I got the chainsaw running. Normally when you pull out. Right, whether you cut all the way through, or you stop and you pull out, you always hit the brake. Right, so that big shield that comes up over your hand. Right, put you know the brake. Be prepared to so the club and, and uh, question mark. It's been a long time since you've been to the club. Uh, been a long time since I've been to the club too. But back when I went to the club back in the day, it's been a long time ago now. But you know, I was wearing I was wearing Wranglers and, and cowboy boots because. You know, it's the same way you've seen me. This is how I roll. But um, somebody called out behind me, and I turned around. I didn't hit the brake. I turned around and looked to see who was talking to me. And when I turned to my right and turned, the bar touched my leg, right? The chain is still going on the bar because it doesn't stop immediately. Because once you've broke a chainsaw in, it's, it's just going to keep going until you hit the brake, right? It's got that wear-in period. It grabbed my pants, and I felt it grab my leg, and I thought I had fucked up. And, I, I mean, I did. I did. But it it grabbed my pants and ripped them wide open, but it didn't get my skin. And that was just a reminder of never, ever, ever get over-familiar with your equipment.
0: sage advice
2: yeah i I mean you know i have not as much experience running it as i'm sure both of y'all have so every i mean i am hyper focused when i'm and and one of the things i do is when i'm cutting just because i am not as experienced every 20 minutes i'm i'm shutting the thing off and i'm just taking a five minute just all right cool let's just you know drink some water collect our thoughts go back to it just because What I don't want to do is get to a point where I'm trying to, you know, I'm a manly man, blah, 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 and run it for 45, 60 minutes. And then all of a sudden, my mind starts wandering, and it kicks. And suddenly, I'm screaming in pain and reaching for the soft tee that's in my back pocket, trying to put a fucking tourniquet on my leg. So I take that shit super serious. And that's why, like, every 20 minutes or so, I'll just shut it off, take a breather, and then turn it back on and keep running it.
1: Yeah, that's a good idea that's a good idea for sure um yeah yeah
0: oh sorry the uh go ahead bit of advice the the way to get the most out of your equipment is to manage um your the your equipment's thermal capacity because when when you overheat it you're actually like burning the clock on your equipment and uh, it's only a matter of time before it pops but uh if you if you stay within the the thermal capacity of your unit whatever you're using like a sawzall or um hammer drill or whatever then it should be able to run all day but if not uh switch between them and give one time to cool off and then of course don't forget your body is a machine as well you know take a break drink some water
2: yeah absolutely and i'll tell you a couple things i've been doing you know when i first got it i made some rookie mistakes like but I got it. I flooded the engine on on the still and I was like, the oh, fuck do I fix this? Man, you gotta love YouTube went on there and this guy I, I all the videos I find for any appliance in my house or any equipment that I run that shows me how to do something, I find a website that downloads the video and I save it on a flash drive. This was one of them. It was like, we this is how you're gonna you're gonna you know start up your your still when you've you accidentally flooded it. and sh- fucking sure enough, yeah, I did it. And I did it one or two more times because you know I was stupid and I never really ran one before. I've only owned one for two or three years, and now now that's not a problem. But I'll tell you, when you run into one of those problems, just go on YouTube and just type (laughs) type in the issue, and you're you're gonna find the solution to your problem. It was amazing. Uh, Another example: dishwasher, trying to figure out how to clean out the catch in the dishwasher. One dude, like nine years ago, uploaded two videos, and one of them happened to be the same model dishwasher I had. How to do it? You're just like. How the fuck, why the fuck did that guy upload that video and then not do anything else? But, so definitely always consult, you know, YouTube, uh, actually on YouTube still has a great series of videos from the company itself, how to do everything. Um, And then there are, there there are very obviously guys who are professionals who run this shit all the time. Who were like, Hey, if this happens, this is stupid shit. Like if you don't do it all the time, like here's how you make sure you have the right tightness on your chain. Here's how you properly sharpen your chain. Like I have all those videos downloaded because I run the still like maybe five, six times a year. So I'm not, I'm not using this thing every day. So it's not muscle memory for me. You know, I got other shit on my mind besides that. So downloading that information bank and building that library so that you can refer back to it, to me is, is super, to me is super important. Yeah, hundred percent, man. hundred percent.
1: So I've got one hellacious storm going on outside right now, and I actually just lost power. So I am hundred percent off grid right now, transmitting to all of you. Oh damn! All right, brother.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I wish got? we had Madman Actual with his freaking Hulk Hogan mustache. <laughs> <laughs> did you know he was? Did you know he's rocking the uh, the handlebars for a
1: while? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. He's totally. He's totally all about it. He'd, you know, it, it, dude
0: he'd show it, up to a job site he'd just start giving people orders and they would just do it man it was like magic <laughs> handlebar mustache equals magic so they'd bro, be like
2: i must know what he's talking about
0: he'd be like he'd be like hey subcontractor please do this and they'd be like all right brother and
1: it would all get right, done. <laughs> <laughs> gonna, gonna give that leg drop off the top rope <gasps> <out>. boom <laughs> so hilarious Segue into you know, talking about Madman actual, obviously an extreme character himself. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the thing that probably everybody here listening to this podcast right now is highly, highly, highly interested in the FBI leaked internal memo that has come out, uh, based on the great works of uh, James O'Keefe's Project Veritas. And it is covering the, quote-unquote, militia violent extremism memo. And having a summary that is out uh, of this, this is some of the symbols that are out there uh, that the FBI deems uh, makes you a domestic terrorist. Uh, So if you are known to have any of these symbols, according to the FBI, you are a domestic terrorist. I think this is very interesting. Earlier today, uh, I posted up the video over on Americanpartisan.org just prior to getting on the air, just a few minutes prior to getting on here of the FBI director, Mr. Ray, uh, Mr. Christopher Ray, being grilled by Senator Ted Cruz regarding his knowledge of this memo. And Ted Cruz um, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of hit or miss with me, but Ted Cruz pulls off his cowboy boot that has a Gonzalez flag on it, which I thought was great. Um, that was a great moment. Loved that. Uh, thought that that, that was excellent. But some of these other symbols that are here, you know, you, you've got, uh, literally, uh, if, if you Google right wing extremist, This is some of the stuff that you're going to see, and and I think that that a couple of these are hilarious. Uh, The first is the Boogaloo movement, which was literally a meme, okay? this, This was an internet meme that came from 4chan and made its way to Reddit and a few other corners of the internet, and that was about it, okay? The next one is the Punisher Skull. Okay, the punisher skull very common in in you know a lot of former military especially the Navy SEAL community. Um so there's that. If you are a supporter of the second amendment and have any decals that say 2A on them. Apparently now according to the FBI you are a violent extremist. Uh if you happen to believe that government should leave your money alone and that you should have uh, minimal interference uh, it should have minimal interference in your life. The ANCAP movement, anarcho-capitalist movement that makes you an extremist. If you ever put a, a Spartan helmet on anything, you're obviously an extremist. If you uh, are from Texas, you're obviously an extremist anyway, But uh, according to the, the liberal left. But the Gonzalez flag, the come and take it flag, is an extremist symbol the black flag, apparently the Jolly Roger that makes you also an extremist because you're a pirate. Yarr, uh, Gadsden flag. Any Revolutionary War imagery, uh, including, I guess, calling yourself the Sons of Liberty. Uh, Yar. Uh, uh, you know. Yar. Yar.
2: It's right. On
1: that note, the Liberty Tree. Uh, the Liberty Tree, obviously the Liberty Tree where the Sons of Liberty were formed in Boston uh back in 1765 and of course the betsy ross flag which is the uh recognized as the first flag of the united states that is also uh an extremist uh, militia violent extremist and worthy of labeling you as a domestic terrorist according to the fbi last certainly not least and first up on the list in my mind is the electrical resistor symbol uh yes uh uh yes the electrical resistor symbol which is part of the brush beater training and consulting <laughs> resistor logo yes sir uh some of the organizations that they've listed here uh three percenters quote unquote um you know three percenters is not a, a actual defined organization sorry fbi um you know you, you can pay me in in full uh, please don't pay me. I, I don't want to be paid by you. Uh, but the, the three percenters, quote unquote, uh, that, that is, it, and it says uh, what some MVEs may self identify with. Uh, Lightfoot militias. Uh, it, it's a shame that uh, Dodge is not in here tonight to talk Lightfoot? about. Lightfoot? Yeah, the Lightfoot militia crowd. Yeah,
0: the 55th Lightfoot messed up Baltimore uh, during the-, the War of 1812
1: yeah yeah uh the oath keepers obviously uh the oath keepers there's a lot of uh embattlements regarding the oath keepers now and then finally uh mike glover's thing that he put together the the uh, american contingency uh over there is labeled that as well and there was a little bit of uh, consternation on his part that was coming out of that um you know he, he was kind of ambivalent about it. I think he's probably, you know, not super happy about it. As far as uh, me with the resistor, Hey, fucking own it. Uh, Extreme ownership. I'm glad that you're paying attention. Um, you know, it's, it is what it is, man. And it's good to be hated. And may you be judged by your enemies because if, if this is tyranny, Right. They're admitting that this is tyranny. Right. What, what we see is tyrannical government. It is their measures that are out of control. And we're seeking to to try and keep that in check. All right. There if, if you believe in freedom, essentially, is what this is saying. If you believe in freedom, if you believe in the rule of law, if you believe in Constitution, if you think that these things, the things that the militant left are doing right now are not OK, then all of a sudden you're an extremist. All of a sudden, you're a bad person. All of a sudden, you know you you wear a a terror label, right? You're a Terry. You're you're uh, not worthy of life. They're gonna slap chop you. Hey, you know, here's the thing. Stand up. I'd rather be hated for doing the right thing than bow down on my on my knees and live that way and have to live with the consequences of that internally. I'm always going to do what's right, and this crowd does too, all right You guys, you guys are obviously all brothers, Sheamus, and sisters in many cases. Seamus and all this, you know. So hey, um, and you know, and God, to the Mormons, God. I apologize for
0: drinking and packing a lip at the same time. We're all sinners <laughs> here. We're all sinners, you know. I can't help myself. I just love nicotine, and and God created it, and I love alcohol and. God gave us the means as
2: well. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm proud to stand and be counted apart all those symbols. I mean, shit, I don't think it's a symbol you mentioned I don't have. So, you know what? Fuck them. That's the back of your Jeep, man. It's like, (laughs) you you
1: know, man, that's what it was when you were driving south. Yeah. (laughs) they they saw the back of your jeep when you were coming south and they were just like all those symbols
2: all those all of them that's yep. the list right there yep it really is though i got all of it on the back of it and i was like eh, you know what Fuck it they were like
0: all right one photo guys all right go home good work high fives everybody <laughs> and they like jumped in the air and had like a freeze frame moment yeah right like a like a high school prom David photo jump
2: shot jump shot I don't even know how many resistor logos I have in the back of my car I swear every time I come down there you just slap another one on I'm like oh wait where did that one come from oh I guess Scott put it on all right
1: gotta get a paint the back gotta paint it, it. yeah right, you gotta gotta make a mural right it's it's like when you you're going through the inner city somewhere you see murals up all over the place right same thing yeah, absolutely <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta see the murals
2: man and the funny thing is that where I live, there ain't no one blinking eye about that. I go a couple of counties north. Right, Why is that guy following me? That's weird. So, you know, with my AO, it's it's perfectly normal to have all that. But it is definitely AO dependent. Oh, 100%, man.
1: 100%. I mean, you know, like here in North Carolina, man, you wouldn't want to – You wouldn't want to have all that stuff on your car and drive through downtown asheville right or or like go through chapel hill or you know carborough or even you know probably parts of charlotte Mm -hmm. but then when you get just on the other side of each one of those towns you're going to be cheered like people people are going to love you yep you know so it's very it's very case by case so um i don't know man uh so, Mags in the comments in, in the chat section is saying, did they release this maybe to provoke a response? See, that's interesting. Um, and when I talked about this on last night's podcast, that unfortunately didn't make it to air. I was talking about this. Uh, some of these symbols that they're using here are over a decade old. And um, specifically, the the Spartan helmet one, the three percenter one, these are these are pretty old and they're not really contemporary, right? And so um there's that the uh, the Boogaloo movement thing. I mean, dude, that was like 2016-2017.
0: Yep. The Spartan helmet symbol is u- literally used by a unit in Alaska. The yeah. for the for the uh, 175th or the 170... No, No, no. 172nd. Yeah, 172nd. I was in the 175th. Yeah. I'm sorry.
1: 172nd. That's right. You're right. Yeah, it was 172nd. Um, they... Uh, up there in Alaska, Striker Brigade. Yeah, you see you see the Spartan helmet. But the thing is, man, is, is that all these symbols, every one of these symbols that you see are used in a military context. Like... In one way or another, I mean, the, the three percenter one, yeah, all right, maybe, but I'm going to, I'm going to challenge anybody listening to this with some, some experience in the military and specifically combat arms, right? Combat arms unit. How do you know the difference between a combat arms unit and I don't want to call them Pogues cause you know, they, I've, I've known a lot of support guys lot. and enablers the, that are, that are good folks, but how the do you parking know the, lot the parking the parking lot yeah yeah the the parking lot like the the uh the combat arms guys are gonna have jacked up jeeps trucks right bikes
0: bikes The parking the motorcycle parking will be full and there'll be an overflow like there'll be a clearly designated overflow for motorcycle parking infantry goes hard like infantry my my fisters out there my mortarmen my heavy yeah. weapons guys, uh, you know, uh, who else? Uh, my Cav scouts. Like, yeah. man, I, delivery, I was brought up yeah. by Cav and scouts.
1: And all those guys, man. Yeah. Like, I was, know, they, I was
0: brought like, up in the military by, uh, by airborne qualified Cav scouts. You
1: yeah. Know? Yeah. Over in uh, 73rd Cavs. Yep. Really yes, part sir. Part of abuse. Yes, but, sir. Um, the the my point is behind saying that is, is not like, you know, pointing out differences in cars. It's the fact that if you look in that parking lot, you're going to see all of these decals. Okay. You're going to see every single one of these in the back glass of every one of those vehicles. All right. It's still, it's still like that. Okay. It's still like that. Like if, if I went to Fort Bragg right now and went to you know, some of the old unit areas, right? And, you know, units that I were in back in the day, you know, stuff's all been shuffled around, right? But if I I go to the parking lot of 3rd Brigade 82nd, right? I wasn't in 3rd Brigade 82nd, but I'm just saying, like, if I went there, because I I know where they're at, off of Ardennes, if I went there and I looked in their parking lot, right? At one of their infantry units, I'm going to see every one of these decals in the back window. Right, uh, yes. uh, in the back glass of those trucks those jeeps right on the helmets of the guys riding bikes that's just the way that it goes man and so you you've got some jackass of the fbi who is completely disconnected from reality they don't know their ass from a hole in the ground and they literally have put together a list of symbols that blanket paints everybody man like like if you're a conservative. And you, you know, man, you listen to this podcast, question. Right? Or any I have of a question. All of a sudden, you're a terrorist. This is bullshit.
0: Do you think that maybe the Chinese fed this gentleman or lady at the FBI some bad intel, and then everybody like let him publish it? Because I feel like, I feel like this thing gets published every like year or two, and we all have a good laugh about it.
1: nah I'm gonna say no okay no. okay that would be that that honestly would be given too many people too much credit like okay they, they I'm just gonna tell you man straight up like hey, this is it's this dumb is it's opinion. dumb it's stupid yeah for sure it this seems like some and and see like when did I they know
0: to to build on your point like the quantity you're talking about is like over 800 like lifted trucks sports cars and motorcycles with these stickers all over them just in like one part of fort bragg and i'm sure other yeah. military bases all over the country are the same
1: yeah. i mean like if, if you're going group you, you're gonna see all the same stuff down there you, you're gonna see this in the unit areas dude my freaking wall locker at the company had and then everybody's did in the team room everybody's did man like my yeah. team that had a giant yeah. detail on there that said question authority, right?
0: So we, we but- had a Confederate flag flying in ours, R our T A fifty room, yeah. and in our platoon area. Yeah. With a black platoon sergeant. And when a northern right. black said something about it, the southern black was like, Bro, have you even studied the Civil War? And yeah. it was a moment, dude. I'm telling y'all. I'm telling everybody yeah. on planet Earth right now. There was a little bit of a moment between a captain who went to West Point, went to West Point and a yeah. good old boy from Georgia who he's, he's was like, a fucking oh, solid platoon sergeant. And he yeah. was like, "No, no, no, you don't even understand." Like one one thing that was mentioned, I heard this through the walls cuz I was, you know, wandering around, not intentionally. That was just part of the duty. I was not eavesdropping. And like I heard I heard, you know, we didn't really get any rights until the 50s when we could vote and get jobs and secure a future. He's like the reconstruction and the Civil War did nothing for us. And that's well documented. And I was like, whoa, like that literally was talked about behind closed doors. And that settled a debate and ended, ended some arguments. So, and I That's bet bad. you I bet you there's a lot of solid stuff happening over in Taiwan right now too because I've seen some stuff in the army that oh yeah surprised me surprised me really well, especially considering the political correctness you see in college oh, and yeah. but but then at the same time like there are people out there that are willing to exercise their freedom of speech and and you can't go you can't get in trouble for for
1: spitting the truth. You can't Right. Like it's just you just right. you shouldn't you shouldn't
2: but yeah yeah yeah
1: so uh clark miracle 34 in the comments saying it looked like intern work and that's exactly where I was going with my statement is if you look at the time of the year this came out like this is the, the end, end of the
2: internships yep uh, for someone
1: from yep. some university student exactly yeah yep ah, and this point. this looks like good some point. you know because i mean a, a FBI internship for undergrad is pretty prestigious man like any any federal um, internship for undergrad is is that's that's some prestige there. Like you you pulled some strings to get that. All right. So they they're gonna task them with like, hey, you know, I want this group of interns to get together and write policy letters based on this. Or I want you to create this and, and this is gonna be an internal memo right and, and this is going to get circled around so i want you to sit on a computer and research uh militia violent extremists right notice notice that they didn't do anything from the left there's nothing there's no raised fists there's no black flags and there's nope. no uh nothing right there ain't
2: nothing. no antifa symbols no nothing <laughs>
1: you know it is
0: curious nothing. that nobody's opposing nancy pelosi opposing the ccp which is supposed to be the leader of like they want to be the leader of worldwide communism, but I don't see anybody the streets in the streets worldwide uh, to the order of like twenty twenty tier.
2: So yeah, uh, I don't know, man. If they
0: were
1: in charge, wouldn't they be able to pull that off? My point though is that this it's fascinating it's definitely a glimpse at where, uh, I think FBI policy, there's, there's a lot of people working there that, uh, definitely are going to agree with this memo. And, and the problem is, is that this is what they're going to use now for bracketing certain groups, you know, ourselves included. And, um, you know, we're all part of that, man. We're all part of that, and and that's fine, you know. Like like Sons of Liberty, they didn't back down; they they weren't worried about it. It was what it was, um, you know. the Continental Army, same way. The colonial militias, same way, dude. So, you know, hey, you can label me whatever you want, and and you can label everybody here whatever you want. You can label conservatives whatever you want. You ain't gonna stop us, right? The way that I see this is, is that the power structure is very scared. Every every step that they took to try to scare us the january 6th intimidation that they've done none of it has worked right none of it has worked and so now the, what what they're all looking at the dc power structure because I, I don't buy into the whole uh at the the dc the district of criminals i don't buy into the whole thing of that they are um you know left right divide they only give a shit about dc like that's how i see it right they They only care about maintenance of themselves and their status, and so um with that said, they see that this grassroots populism that's happening, they're very, very, very concerned about it, right They are very concerned about this, and every measure that they took to intimidate us and to keep people down and to you know buy into this world economic forum stuff and all this garbage right that they're force feeding people there's this giant backlash. Right now, they're trying to get ahead of this, right? They're they're trying to get ahead of this, and this is yet another thing. Oh, hey, if you if you see somebody with a Gadsden flag, they're evil, right? Yeah, bullshit, man. When when people look around and they say, "Well, these symbols that you're saying that these symbols make somebody a domestic terrorist," but my neighbor is flying a Gadsden flag over there, and I knew him, they do for thirty years, and he's a good guy. You know, and maybe I got one in my yard and maybe, you know, I like Revolutionary War imagery and it, talking about what people on Main Street are actually saying, right? And, and that's its illustration of this disconnect that D.C. has with everybody at the grassroots level. And so, um, you know, it, it, I think this is yet another example of it. is yet another example of uh, a very vibrant one of their complete tone deafness to what's actually going on. And the fact that they're picking sides here uh, very blatantly. Dude, you know, like you're only making this a lot worse in the long run when when that, you know, the the backlash happens. And it will at some point. When it does, man, it's going to get that much more ugly.
2: What's your thoughts? I mean, I mean, I agree. I think one of the one of the things they've done is this imagery. They they've overstepped the bounds, right? Like you, I could see them being able to say, "Okay, you have the Oath Keeper, these guys, right? You have three percenter." But when you start to see some of these common things, I mean, for God's sakes, the Betsy Ross flag is is I have it hanging over my bed. I mean, it's when you start to see some shit where like normal Americans are like that's not what i like yeah to your point like i know i know jim he's a cool dude like he just likes the punisher logo or you know he has the spartan helmet on his back of his car they're going to start the question well if they're lying about that because i know he's not an extremist then what else are they lying about or why are they trying to paint him as the evil guy particularly if you're living in the suburbs of one of these cities and you're sitting there going Jim never tried to burn my house down, but these motherfuckers in the city tried to do it. But I don't see any of their symbolism they were carrying during that on the list, but I see Jim, the guy who, you know, jumped my car yesterday because my battery was dead. I think it really will cause a backlash of people not... I mean, already to me, the FBI has such a low credibility that... And even and not even among people like us. I mean, th- you could say the far right and the far left obviously don't trust the FBI at all. It really is creeping into the mainstream. I mean, couple of the polls that have come out is is the belief in the FBI has really dropped over the past 10 years. And this is only going to further that drop because they're no longer going to believe it. They're going to say, I don't believe what you have to say because I know you're lying about this, or at least you're being, you may not be lying, but you're being less than truthful because I know people who don't fit this mold. So what else are you lying about? So I a hundred percent agree that this is going to affect the credibility of them. And when it affects the credibility of them, people are going to not like the FBI. That's already going to deteriorate the morale that is super low in the FBI. So I think it's kind of a self-fulfilling cycle. People hate the FBI because they don't trust them. And because they don't trust them, the FBI morale gets lower. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree.
1: It, they, they're kind of in that, that death cycle when, you know, a, a tire is off balance and it's just, I mean, man, it, it it's a mess they they really have to they they got to work on some things there has to be a purge there absolutely has to be a purge there has to be very public um for for the public to regain trust in that institution there has to be public disclosement of everything that they have done right and say look these agents were responsible for this program that did this these agents were responsible for this program over here that did this. These guys acted outside of the bounds of the law and they've been fired and now they're going to be tried. I mean, it, it dude, and and for anybody that says this isn't possible, it's absolutely possible. What is the department of justice doing right now to the officers that shot Brianna Taylor in Louisville, Kentucky? Now that whole situation was stupid as hell, you know, they're, they're lionizing this woman who shouldn't be lionized. She's a criminal. She's involved in criminality and she's part of public service, public safety. And she's doing that. Hey, if you're involved in the hustle, don't be, do not, do not, do not, do not be upset when it bites you. Okay. And that's exactly what happened to her. Right. But the department of justice is going to go after the officers for wrongdoing. Right. Which is, it's becoming a common theme on the left. Well, Hey, Didn't they want to do that with COINTELPRO when it all came out, right? When all the COINTELPRO came out, that's how the Weather Underground, right, who should have been put in the ground. I'm going to be very specific when I say this. The Weather Underground members, William Ayers, Bernadine, Dorn, that crowd, right, they should have been put in the ground. But instead, they got rolled up, right? Jimmy Carter pardoned them. COINTELPRO became a scandal and the FBI had egg on its face, and they had to reform, right? And that gave the militant left a lot of ammunition that they needed. That's a little bit of history that people don't necessarily know. And so now, all of a sudden, people who were true blue patriots, like G. Gordon Liddy, all of a sudden are now the bad guys, and they're painted to be the bad guys over and over again. And so now, all of a sudden, by default, guys like all of us in here are the bad guys and so the fbi slowly incrementally over time changed and was subverted if they want to have a a a reckoning a fixing of their image if they want to continue to exist as an organization because they need to be disbanded honestly um, but there needs to be absolute public accountability on par with what we saw with the truth and reconciliation commission and South Africa with the uh, the creation of the police service of Northern Ireland after the Belfast Accords in 1997, this thing needs to happen, right? It's a fact. And if it doesn't happen, if this does not happen, this thing is going to continue. And I'm telling you, it's Agnew. Uh, uh Agnew, Charles Agnew is a criminologist. He, he's very famous for the labeling theory that he came up with of why people become criminals. Because if I label you as a criminal, then you're going to become that. So when you're labeling literally uh, outspoken conservatives as criminals, as quote unquote terrorists, right? You're a terrorist. I'm telling you, you're incentivizing a lot of bad things. It's just a warning. It's a word of warning. All right. I don't want this. I want a great America. I want a stable America. I want a, a, a safe place for people and, and, and a government accountability. And I want that ideal type that we say that America has at its core. You know, and and and, and if it, but the truth is, damn it! If the rule got us to this point, what good was the rule? And that's where we are, and it's sad is disappointing. Uh, but anyway, with 2 minutes left, you know, it in getting my blood pressure up just a little bit. <laughs> hey, you know, definitely check out everything that we've got going on americanpartisan.org which I think everybody on the planet is familiar with just based on our stats we're really blowing it out of the water. americanpartisan.org daily news headlines great things for the patriot uh out there from an international perspective and a national perspective so much great stuff that's getting up on there every day content news practical articles everything right uh you follow us on twitter of course our other twitter account our original one got nuked hey things happen always have a contingency plan you can follow us at at brush beater that is at brush beater and uh before the end of the week i do believe that we're going to have a couple of other twitter feeds that are going to be going up uh, just yes possibly yeah. and we're going to be hitting some of the other social media sites as well of course the forum forum.brushbeater.org. I would love to have all of you in the conversation over there as well. We've got a heck of a lot of content over there in a very vibrant community that is specifically focused on radio communications. And we are building a nationwide net through the Radio Recon Group. We've got a heck of a lot of stuff coming up and uh, great things on the horizon. I will leave you with this. Be prepared in the comments. I don't want to overthrow the American government. I want it to be what it was, and what it was was accountable to the people. Amen, brother. Amen. Amen. That is exactly accountable to the American people, because we deserve it. We absolutely deserve it. Folks, go on, get out there, keep resisting that tyranny. Yeah, you know I had to throw it in there. You know I had to throw it in there.
2: God bless you. Don't be afraid to stand up.
1: Hell yeah. Talk to you again. Very. Very soon. God bless. Good night. Sensi Scout. Out.